The In Our Eyes podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which this podcast is recorded, and we pay our respects to the elders past, present and future. Welcome to the In Our Eyes podcast, a podcast created by the Deakin Optometry alumni team for our fellow alumni and students. In each episode, we will be talking to a different individual about their optometry smarts, career and experiences, hence the title In Our Eyes. If there are any topics you'd like to hear us cover or have any questions, please head on over to our Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn and send us your thoughts. Also, as a great bonus, all of these episodes can be logged as CPD. For a reminder on how to manually enter this into your learning plan, you can find an explainer on our Instagram stories. This is the first episode in a series we call Pathways in Optometry, where we talk to different alumni about their experiences in business, research and more. Now, let's kick off. Our guest today is Stephen Lamb. Some of you may already know Stephen. He is a clinical optometrist at Optiplex Eye Care, South Morang and Knox, and he has a special interest in glaucoma and anterior segment disease. Stephen graduated from orthoptics at La Trobe University in 2015 and furthered his studies when he graduated from optometry at Deakin University in 2017. He completed his clinical training in various locations with internships with the Western Eye Specialists, Royal Children's Hospital, the New York Ear and Eye Infirmary at Mount Sinai, Royal Victorian Eye and Ear Hospital, Specsavers and the Australian College of Optometry. Stephen has also been involved in providing ongoing optometry education, leading optometry students from Deakin University and the University of Melbourne as a peer mentor. He has also published articles related to ocular eye disease in the Specsavers Spectrum Optometry Journal and Pharma Magazine, and he was a keynote speaker for graduates in the 2019 Omega Optometry Conference in Melbourne. Today, Stephen is living his entrepreneurial dream, running two practices, and he has a goal of being the next major player in the Australian optometry sector. Here, Stephen is being interviewed by our colleague Amanda Edgar, who has known Stephen since their time at university together. Okay, Stephen, thanks for joining us today. So we're all eager to hear. Just tell us your background and where did you start? Thanks for having me. Look, I started out as an orthoptist and I worked at the IME hospital for a few months then moved into optometry. I graduated optometry in 2017. After that, I worked at Specsavers for about two years and then part-time with George and Matilda and Lokomi. And during that time, I started my business and now I work full-time for myself, uh, running between two practices called Optiplex Eye Care. Optiplex Eye Care is such a great name as well. Stephen, how'd you come up with the name? Actually, we started with a, an idea to open a health clinic and we wanted to get the name called Mediplex, so like a plexus of different health carriers, but Mediplex was taken. So then I thought, oh, this is breaking down to Optiplex for optometry. And I also started Dentiplex, which is a dental term. 
self-detecting things like well, that's where the name came from yeah that sounds great so it sounds like when you say we we're coming up with the name that there's a couple of other people that you're talking about there too so did you always want to open your own business or how did you decide you want to go down this pathway you know, growing up, my dad always told me, you know, you want to be successful, you've got to run your own business. You know, he made it sound a lot easier than what it was. So it was always in the back of my mind. You know, it wasn't until I started working full-time at the Eye Hospital that I realized I wanted something a bit more challenging every day. At the Eye basically, the you know, you work a nine-to-five job, and I was seeing about 30 patients a day. And it was just repeating a procedure, like vision, vision, check pressures, and then we dilate them. And I thought to myself, like, God, I can't be doing this for 30 years. So I had to find an escape from a dead-end job. And through my research, I, I looked through optometry and I realised that, you know, with optometry, there's different pathways. One of them was being able to open your own business. So I took that path and here I am today. And I suppose that's the great thing about the Deacon course is that it's got the business part or component put into it so that we have a little bit of an introduction to it. Did it give you confidence opening your own business, having other people involved, or was it something that you drove and you always knew you wanted to do, Stephen? Yeah, funnily enough, it was easier from financial-wise. I didn't have enough money to start. So I think when you first start out, it's like how much do things cost, right? I didn't know any of that. And so I started calling around to inquire about, you know, how much it is to buy a practice. And I realized really quickly I didn't have enough money. <laughs> so well, the, the, I think the start of uni, start of optometry, I thought, okay, I need to make an income. And by the time I finish uni, maybe I'll have enough. And so I started my tutoring business from home. So I'd be in Geelong from Monday to Friday and every weekend come back and, and tutor at home. I did this for about a few years. And even afterwards, when I was ready to move on to opening a business, I still didn't have enough money. So then you kind of get three avenues. You, you think about, okay, do I get a loan from a bank, ask your family and friends for money or get investors? And I think at the time, because I had this idea of opening an allied health clinic, I thought I need a team. So I just pitched, pitched the idea to one of my dental friends and they pitched the idea to their friends. And then eventually we got a group together and... Yeah, that's how I started, really. And just a bit of my own money and a group of investors. So I guess it was a little bit safer for me because everyone else was really good at what they did. I was still with the baby. You're very um, modest. You're really good at what you do too, Stephen, <laughs> especially <laughs> with that orthoptist background. Yeah. So it sounds like there's some really key things about that you considered with opening your own business. It's that big, I think, the thing that everything everyone thinks about is that financial aim or the financial need that you need to feel to start, get started, but also those conversations that you had before opening as well were probably helpful too. Do you have a mentor as well that's helped you go down this pathway or is it speaking to different people that's pointing you in the direction that you are today? I didn't have a mentor in terms of showing me you know, how much money things were and all that. I kind of just did it on a whim. But you know, I, I did have mentors on how to run teams um, and how to run a business. You know, it, it, the earlier days when I first started, I was thinking of opening, you know, joining Specsavers and you know, opening one of their practices. But I think it wasn't really suited towards me because I wanted to grow something a lot bigger. Um, but yeah, a lot of my mentors started from you know my initial days of working at Specsavers. Yeah, that's fantastic. It sounds like your vision has grown over time with you. I think it's comforting for everyone to hear it. It takes a bit of time. Good things take time. 
so far from what we've seen, it's been really outstanding. So what are the highs and lows along the way that you recall? Anything that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I think oh, I remember I remember this one was yesterday. It was about a year after we opened and I was walking down the waiting room. So our, our clinic is an open space. So there's one shared waiting room between GPs and dentists and stuff. And I remember looking around at the people that was wearing glasses and a lot of them was wearing Optiplex glasses because we have a little logo. And it almost brought like tears in my eyes. I was just thinking like, wow, you know, what are we, we created something great here to help the, the regular people that come. And that was a definite high for me. And I realized, okay, we can keep going with this and, and just grow larger. The, the lowest point was definitely when COVID started. It was a year in. I started in 2019 and just getting on our feet. Suddenly COVID hit and we had to shut down, right? And no one knew what was going on, but we still had to pay rent. And I thought, you know, we still needed to pay our staff. But I was working at the time to get supplementary income. So I was working, I was doing part-time jobs and I was working like four jobs. All that got shut down. And I thought, we just need to survive here. I almost applied for Woolies and Coles because <laughs> I knew that they would open from nine to nine. They needed people. So I just tried to do what I could, right? I think about two weeks later, JobKeeper came in. So it kind of saved us a little bit and I didn't have to go down that route. But yeah, it was definitely a low point for me, but I think a low point for a lot of businesses as well. Absolutely, Stephen. Thanks for sharing that. What I'm hearing though is about your fantastic drive to make this work and I think that's what this needs I think you come across a challenge and you just problem solve it by what can I do to make this work and that's pretty outstanding you're a very resourceful optometrist and businessman by the sounds of it so I think everyone's also keen to hear about what your days are like week to week what would be your days like you said you're working full-time as a clinician now what does that involve? And I suppose people might want to hear how many hours you do in terms of just focusing on the business too. Yeah, it's, it's a big change. You know, when you first come out and you, and you work for someone, your employee, you work nine to five, Monday to Friday, five days a week. And after that, you just go home to your own thing. Like, you don't have to worry about it. But when you start opening your own business, it's a little bit trickier because when you're working in your business and you're doing things like seeing patients and you know, doing the dispensing and stuff like that. You can't work on your business, right? And so what I mean by that is, you know, let's just say you work nine to five, you're seeing your patient. After that, you've got to start doing your marketing, you've got to do your research, you know, your accounting, all that stuff happens after. And especially when you first start out because you, you don't have a lot of patients. So my day is, uh, I don't have weekends. It's day one to day seven. <laughs> I, what do I do? I wake up at 5.30, check my emails for about half an hour, um, six to eight that's my my me time I go gym go play tennis in the morning that's my working out time um, and then work starts at nine so at nine I dedicate certain days to do admin stuff and marketing especially between two clinics so you're going to market slightly differently because of different demographics you know some days it's nine to nine and wherever patients want to see them I just fill them in and work around that and do all the admin stuff so, yeah, in terms of work-life balance, I don't think when you open your own business, it's not really a balance. Because the balance is like, you know, 50% work and 50% me time. It's not really worth all that. It's more of like work-life harmonisation, I can say, with the majority of the weight going to uh, work. You work your life. So you want to build a practice. It's 
that's just what it takes. I think you're right. So that hat really doesn't come off, does it? I mean, even when you're seeing patients, there's still elements of that time that you're thinking about, oh, maybe I'll tweak this with the practice, but you always got that subconsciously running through your mind too. But what you're showing, I think, is really what it takes. You've got to have a passion for it, don't you? And I think you're really passionate about optometrists and making a difference with eye care and the service that's being delivered. But I think it's good for people to hear that it's something that you continually think about, particularly when it's your own project like this is. This is your passion project, Stephen. You've been developing it for so many years. And it's good to hear that, you know, you're still involved seeing patients too in the two different practices, isn't it, that you've got? Yeah. Yeah, I dedicate some days to one practice to see patients that want to see me. I have have another conference there as well. And the other clinic, I, just, I see patients, I just open the book from nine to nine and, you know, whenever they want to book, you know, we'll see them. Yeah. And so the two practices are in Melbourne, aren't they? Yeah. So one's in Knox, so one's in the south. It's in a shopping centre, it's in Westfield, and the other one's in South Moraine, so it's up in North. So it's a big drive for me. It's like three hours drive every day going around the surface. Do you have to go between practices from time to time? Yeah, I do. I uh, the way they balance it is I, I open the books from nine to twelve to from South Morang. I live in St Albans on the west side, so that's about half an hour to get to my first clinic. Do what I need to do there, and then drive to Knox, which is about an hour away, and then spend on a twelve to five or six there. And then if I have patients at South Morang, I drive back to South Morang, just another hour, and then I drive home. So it's three three hours for that basically. And as a clinician, you still get value from seeing patients as well you were just talking to me earlier about setting up a glaucoma clinic is that something that you want to keep pursuing too yeah i think um you know i want my practice to have i want it to be like a you know like i knew hospital how has like different specialty clinics so you know it'd be great to have like a practice where you know you have different optometrists that specializes and you know have someone that just loves glaucoma so send all the glaucoma patients them or someone that loves contact lens and make it a contact lens clinic kind of thing. So, yeah, if we're able to do that, I would be pretty happy as an optometrist. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know, down, down the track, as the business gets bigger, it'll be a lot harder to see patients. We end up doing business management sort of work instead. So, yeah, I'll, I'll practice as long as I can. We'll just yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And saying that, so has your view of optometry changed? So if you think back to when you were, a employee has it changed to being a practice owner now do you see optometry in a different light no i think yeah my commission side of things is, is still the same i mean i think i'm a bit more aware of financial stuff because you know you need it to keep the business alive but i think you know when, it, when you first start out you're, you're working for someone you're a full clinician that's all you think about you think about your patient and you think about you know how do you treat this condition now it's like different hats that you put on every day you know one day you put your clinician hat on the other day you're putting your marketing hat on your sometimes even your counseling hat on your counselor for your team so you know i think as a, as a business person my, my view on it is you've got to be able to learn how to put different hats on at the right time so yeah i don't think i've become i don't think it's changed my view so much but it's, I'm, more, I'm more i'm more aware of what needs to be done to keep the business alive. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think for you it's the challenge that you were looking for, having have that additional thought going on while you're acting in your clinical role too. You know, when you first started, 
compared to where you are now, would you look back and say, yeah, this is, I'm so glad I did this? Yeah, I think, yeah, 100%. I think back, sometimes you think back about the decisions that you made in the past. You don't know if it's right or wrong. Sometimes you just have to take the leap. And thinking of where I am now, I'm just so grateful to be in the position that I am. Because, you know, when you're in university, you try to get the highest grades you can. You know, there's, there's a ladder there that you climb. Right? Once you start working nine to five, it's like, oh, where's, where's my ladder gone? <laughs> and sometimes corporate ladders are there, but they take so long to climb. And sometimes they're out of your control. You need approval from different people. Now being in this position, there's an endless ladder and you climb according to your pace. And so the harder you work, the, the faster you climb. And it's all, it's all in your hands now. So just keep your destiny under your control. That mm. sounds really exciting, Stephen. Is there any kind of advice or tips you give to someone else looking to go down a similar avenue of starting a practice in optometry? Believe it or not, you know, the, the one thing that's holding you back is probably your own beliefs. No matter what your excuse is, if you think you're not good enough to start your own business or you're not skilled enough to be an entrepreneur, I think you've got to start changing your views. And and sometimes it's quite hard. You know, a lot of people can put you down. The people that you surround yourself with is also important. You know, lots of people can tell you that things things aren't impossible to do. You kind of just got to have the arrogance just to do it anyway. And the reality is, is no one really starts off ready, right? You just got to take that first step, find out what you're good at, what you're not good at, and learn to strengthen those weaknesses. Don't let your own beliefs stop you from doing something great. You've got to take the belief and do it anyway. I think that's really great advice, Stephen. Um, you know, it's, I think it's, you know, nice to hear from people that there's always going to be a learning experience along the way. But it sounds like you had some really firm goal when you started doing this as well how did you set those goals how did you keep to them what you know what motivated you to get here yeah I think I had a it's funny because your goals evolve evolve over time you know I started a goal with opening a practice and then I thought okay let's make it a bit bigger I want to ally health clinic and and now you know we just want to I just want to grow Optiflex and have like 20 clinics around Australia and let it keep growing even after I retire. And I think I have, I think it's ambition. It's just that, that feeds me every day and that makes me want to keep on going and, and go through all this. Like it doesn't feel like work anymore. Like I know it sounds crazy. Like I work seven days a week, you know, night to night, but it's, it's just because it is, like you said before, it was a personal project. Once you get to that stage where you do something you love, it's, it doesn't feel like work. And so I can probably keep on doing this forever. <laughs> And I think, you know, seeing that reward come through really reinforces your drive to, you know, I suppose there's big wins and little wins along the way. Has that kept spurring you along during this process? Yeah, it does, definitely. Like, you know, little things like when patients come back and they, they praise you or your team, Google reviews, it's just those little things that just makes you remember why you do these things. And that's what gets me out of bed every morning. Um, you know, especially from a team where we, we train that had no experience. Now people are loving them. It's rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got a few staff with you as well. How many staff have you got, Stephen? So in the optometry practice, I have another optometrist and probably four dispensing staff that just rotate. But we you normally have one optometry to dispensing because it is a shopping centre and you've got to open 
all the time. You need to be able to juggle that and juggle the people that are just walking randomly. You know, some days you might have an empty book and suddenly it just fills up in a split second. So yeah, the one to two is enough for now, but we might need to get more in the future as it grows. Yeah, so lots of learning um, when you're starting these things off about what's the demand and how do you fit people in. And you're a natural teacher as well. Like you said, before you had your own tutoring business, before you started an optometry practice, how do you go about training staff? Has that been a new challenge for you or something that you've just come naturally? Yeah, it is a new challenge because you're teaching something different. But I think, uh, you know, I was lucky that I was able to tutor. I tutored based on my previous tutors and how they tutored me. So I just kind of mimicked them. Um, but over time, you learn that you know, different people learn different ways. You know, some people like to be told what to do. Some people like to read. Some people are more hands-on. And so you, once you figure out the different styles that people like to learn, you've got to teach yourself how to match those styles and figure out what works best for them. Now it's getting a bit better. I mean, at the start, I wasn't good at it. I just had to try it. And then you ask people or you read books to learn about different learning styles, and that really helps. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephen, for this chat. It's been wonderful to get to know how your journey's been and hopefully I know this will inspire others um, as well. But thanks for your time. Great. Thanks for having me. So that's the show for today, folks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In Our Eyes. We hope you enjoyed it. We wanted to extend a very big thank you to Stephen for taking the time to speak with us and for being our first podcast guest. You can find Stephen at Optiplex Eye Care in South Morang and Westfield Knox. And you can reach Optiplex Eye Care at their Facebook, Instagram and webpage. Also, a reminder that you can log this episode manually as CPD in your learning plan. For a refresher on how to do this, you can head over to our Instagram stories at Deakin Optometry Alumni Chapter. Feel free to share this amongst your pals, let us know your thoughts, and reach out if you have any topics or questions for us, or even if you have any guests you'd like us to have on. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is not an official Deakin University media production and is created by alumni. The views, comments and opinions expressed within this podcast are those held by individuals and are not associated or representative of Deakin University.